Welcome to Strong Not Starving, my name's Marcus Kane, and if you want to beat binge eating and create a rewarding relationship with food and exercise, you're in the right place. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice. So over the next few weeks, my wife and I are going to be moving house and I'm going to be doing the best I can to stay consistent on Instagram and keep delivering you guys content. Uh, If you hear noises in the background of this podcast, it's just one of our cats freaking out about a box being carried either up or down the stairs. So (laughs) bear with me. Uh, My Instagram consistency will probably suffer over the next few weeks, though I will do my best to stay consistent. And episodes of Strong Not Serving, this podcast, they are going to continue to come out every single Tuesday because that is super, super important to me to keep that consistent for you. So today's episode is all about three mistakes, three really, really rough and often hidden mistakes to avoid when navigating the path out of binge eating to create this rewarding relationship with food and exercise that we're always talking about. And this was inspired by something that I saw the other day. New research from the University of South Australia has shown that two thirds of the top 100 influencers in the fitness space are currently sharing what can only be described as, quote, questionable fitness information. Now, it's probably not used to you. That a lot of the top 100 influencers or influential people in the wellness space are total wankers. But just the sheer volume of misinformation that's coming out right now and, and how easily we can be drawn into certain things, even from a place of curiosity going, oh, what's that about? Or what's this about? Is that right? Is this right? What's the right way to do this? It can just become an absolute disaster. Like it blows me away how this is legal and like how it's actually legal for people to be selling products and pushing information based on these tenuous connections with misrepresented quotes and and pieces of information from different studies that are very much cherry picked. Like it really does blow me away how this is still legal. And the only conclusion that comes to my mind is in, in regards to how this is possible, how it's legal for people to be committing what I can only consider to be fraud, is that the industry is so large and that social media is such an impossibly massive space that it's almost impossible to police every bit of misinform- misinformation sorry, out there. And also there's this whole thing with free speech that people like to tie themselves to when saying things that aren't completely correct. They might claim, you know, free speech or freedom of expression when really at the end of the day, they're cherry picking studies, they're misrepresenting information, and they're only interested in making money. So when it comes to these money grabbing cockheads who have no idea how to coach and literally don't care about your personal well-being at all, the only thing we can do is to stay really well informed and grounded throughout our wellness and nutrition and training journey. So in light of that, here are these three massive mistakes to avoid. These three big traps that I often see people falling into when it comes to creating a more rewarding relationship with food and escaping the clutches of binge eating. So let's get into it. Here's number one. 
This is a mistake that a lot of people make when taking action. We want to do a lot. We think the more we can do, the, the busier we can be in terms of our action. Often the more complex our action can become. If we have this incredible plan with all these revolutionary things and fancy bells and whistles, it's going to be more effective. But here's the thing. Do you want to try to do a lot and feel busy? Or do you want to create lasting change? Truly effective action really does come with changing as little as possible to create the largest possible result. So diets and fitness programs that often have a lot of content that give you a lot to do and make you feel like you're really on top of it, make you feel like you're working hard, make you feel like you're reinventing your whole life. It's often smoke and mirrors. They're often just delivering you a whole lot of useless shit to make you think you're getting value out of that product or program. Now, anybody who's amazing at anything will say the same thing about mastery. Never underestimate the value of true mastery when it comes to the simple things. If we take simple concepts and truly master them, we're going to get incredible change from that. Usually... We take a simple concept, we might half-heartedly practice it for a few days, maybe even a few weeks, we start to think the solution to the this massive challenge that I'm experiencing can't possibly be found in this simple act. And we start to second-guess our actions, we start to look for other alternatives that maybe seem flashier, and we jump ship before achieving the degree of mastery in what we're doing necessary to produce the result that we're actually looking for. Urge surfing and stress management are great examples of this. There's no secret method to successfully navigating strong, uncomfortable urges, especially around binge eating. We just have to utilize a simple and safe way to practice the skill set involved in moving through those urges and then be willing to practice and practice and practice until we get the felt sense of what it's like to move through one of those very difficult states and come out the other side happy without actually having acted on it. We might feel like, yeah, that was challenging, but you will come out the other side and be okay. The skill set involved in doing that isn't complex. It's very simple. But that doesn't mean it's easy. It's simple, but it's challenging, and it does require some practice. And the key thing here is that there's no way that we can intellectualize our understanding of that process to the point of creating a result. We need to practice a particular thing, this particular thing, these moving through these urges, these urge surfing skills, until we feel what it's like to do it. We can't master this process through an understanding of it. We need to master this process through developing a felt sense of what it feels like to do it. So this is about finding safe ways to practice. And that's something that I coach people through very frequently. And one of the most important reasons to keep things simple and keep things methodical is so that you know whether or not something is working, right? At the end of the day, if you launch into reinventing yourself and overhauling your life with broad sweeping actions, like it might feel like you're accomplishing a lot. But if you do start to feel better, you'll have no idea of what actually produced that result. 
You might end up doing like an all organic paleo fasting regime with infrared saunas, cold plunges, transcendental meditation, the perfect sleep routine and five different overpriced supplements and think, wow, you know, I feel so much better than I did before. This must be the way forward. But that's only because this crazy regime put a stop to drinking five coffees every day and getting only six hours of disrupted sleep every night. But the same result could have been achieved by just lowering your caffeine intake, getting a bit more fiber and improving your quality of sleep. You didn't need the infrared saunas and the paleo and the fasting. Often it's the simple changes that occur within these massive complex programs that are really responsible for any positive results that come from it. It's not really all the special stuff. It's just that while doing all that special complicated stuff, you think, well, you know, while I'm here, I may as well get to sleep on time. I may as well drink less than six coffees a day, you know? So don't fall into the trap of thinking that more action is better. Focusing on the smallest possible changes that have the biggest impact, that is where successful change lives. Not with some crazy life reinvention. What can feel complicated is untying the knots in your mind surrounding what you feel you have to do in order to feel like you're doing what's working. So challenge any beliefs you have surrounding that great things only come as the result of very complex actions. Mistake number two. This is a really common one as well. Don't mistake being within your emotional comfort zone with being on a diet that's actually serving you. This is something I hear from people a lot when they talk to me about what diets they're using or what diets they feel good on. So sure, there may be some foods out there that genuinely don't agree with you and moving those out of your diet will produce a good result. You're going to feel better, right? But don't mistake avoiding foods that don't agree with you physically with avoiding foods that you're afraid to eat because you're afraid they'll make you put on weight. A lot of people out there on certain diets telling themselves, yeah, this is the diet I feel good on. It's not because that diet feels good physically. It's because that limited number of foods feels emotionally safe. Don't mix those two up. It's really, really important. Because if we're making food choices based on never challenging our emotional comfort zone, in this situation, more often than not, our diet is going to be pretty restrictive. That is going to then feed into issues that we're experiencing with binge eating. So don't trick yourself into believing that a diet that you're on is actually serving you physically when really... All you're doing is using that diet to shelter yourself while telling yourself, yeah, I genuinely feel better physically on this diet. Again, I'm not saying that there aren't going to be foods out there that you genuinely feel better avoiding or, you know, limiting. But remember to check in with your real intentions behind your food choices. Make sure you're not trying to trick yourself. Make sure you're not trying to trick yourself into staying within an emotional comfort zone while telling yourself this is the diet that actually makes me feel physically better. And one last thing I'll say about this, 
sometimes emotional discomfort can lead to the felt sense, the sensory experience of discomfort. So we can at times be feeling an emotional discomfort surrounding certain foods, and that is then manifesting as a physical discomfort. And if we're not really self-aware and really tuned into what's going on, we can blame that food for the physical discomfort when in reality, it's our emotional reaction to that food that is then leading to the discomfort. So this is something that's going to be part of your own journey. It's going to require some self-awareness to really bring your attention to some of these things. So keep that one in mind. And mistake number three is forgetting that what's going to produce the result you want long term won't always provide immediate relief from what you're experiencing and what will provide immediate relief will very often continue to make your situation worse. So the path out of pain is often paved with discomfort. So if you're willing to challenge yourself, challenge some of your established beliefs and practice navigating certain kinds of discomfort, you've got what it takes to change your life. It's as simple as that. So thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope you found these tips really helpful. If you can manage to avoid these traps, you will be a thousand miles ahead of most people out there. So write them on a note, on your fridge, in your phone, phone wallpaper, whatever is necessary to make sure that you don't forget these and you stay aware of them. So my name is Marcus Kane. Remember, reach out to me via the links in the episode description if you have questions or you want some guidance. And Strong Not Starving will be back next week.